Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brosé, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brosé wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. Person in Person is brought to you by the Perineum Group, the only truly centrist news organization. That's right, Greg. We're in the sweet spot between partisan extremes. When taint the left and taint the right, it's Perineum. What does Copcross Delusion have to do with the fact that you just lost the game? You do this to me in my special place? My my spiritual sanctuary, the podcast? You bring the game into my, my house of worship? <laughs> Despicable. <laughs> well, I mean... Okay, I'll, I'll stop now. I'll stop now. What does Copgrass Delusion have to do with Mr. Toad's wild ride? How many dates does it take to find out your partner is wearing a wire? Can making maple syrup open a portal to hell? Are you tired of taking drab shits? The Euro Club is great, but what do you do for hole number two? The answers to all these questions plus sports, emotional weather, and stayed up. That's tonight on Person in Person. Good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are, and welcome to Person in Person. I'm Gene Person. And I'm Greg Person. No relation. Person in Person is a news show for people who don't like news shows by people who don't like news shows. And I finally, slightly, changed the text for the opening. Baby steps. Okay, I'll just splice in the bit from earlier when you said you were proud of me. (laughs) I mean, I am proud of you, but if you say that too often, you know, I don't want you to get conceited about it. I want you to always be hungry for that praise. Yeah, you're a tough love type. So uh, I discovered this week that I am able to drink certain alcoholic beverages because it's not actually alcohol that I'm allergic to. It is the sulfites. And uh, so, yeah, I uh, I am able to drink gin, which is a, a spirit that is distilled in such a way that no sulfites are present. Makes me happy. Indeed. Between, you know, that and a little quinine, you'll be ready to conquer the world. Yep. All right, let's get into tonight's story beats. Noted dipshit Ted Nugent went on the record as being a logical guy while asking why we weren't shut down for COVID's 1 through 18. All the while complaining that his tour is canceled. I thought at first he just didn't understand the naming convention of the disease, but the more I thought about it, given his songwriting history, he may just be looking for COVIDs that are a little less mature. Yeah, given everything we know about Ted Nugent, I think COVID-14 is probably as high as he'll go. Yeah, it's the top end, yeah. Uh, The world's largest rabbit, a 50-pounder named Darius from Stolton, England, has been kidnapped. Oh, no. 
His owner is offering a 2,000 pound reward, which works out to 40 Dariuses. <laughs> Still a good joke. Um, because the innovation that led to mRNA vaccines for COVID-19, scientists are looking at the technology as a possible avenue for vaccines against other deadly conditions, such as HIV, certain cancers, and uh, facing these hands. Be careful, folks. You could catch them at any time. California's only wildfire research facility reports that the fire season to come may be the worst ever. But listen, Californians, don't think of it as the worst of the last hundred years. Think of it as the best of the next hundred years. Las Vegas, Nevada is lobbying the state of Nevada to create programs to incentivize homeowners not to grow lawns. The desert city is, shockingly, in a desert. And lawns are kind of a big waste of water. One homeowner interviewed was quoted as saying, There is water underground before breaking out in an erratic series of shouts, such as, this is not my beautiful house, and my God, what have I done? That, of course, the hit single by the classic band Four Non Lawns. <laughs> a friend of the show, David Rush, you remember him, Gene. He's the cat from Salt Lake City who's always breaking world records. Yeah, for STEM, yes. Yeah, because if you see this guy catch eggs in his mouth, it's going to make you want to go to MIT. <laughs> right. But um, he did He did actually break a new world record this week. It was actually retaking a record he had previously uh, for stacking bars of wet soap. And this week he stacked 38 bars of wet soap in one minute. It's a real Tower of Bubble. <laughs> Say Tower of Bubble. No. Think about it, folks. No, don't. Sit, sit with it. Marinate on it. Tower of Bubble. You're going to have plenty of time to marinate in pun jail. That's right. I'll fucking walk backwards into pun jail. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and drop my mic on the way out. But enough about the news. It's main news. Our top story tonight, uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and whatever Greg has cooked up for us. One of the early dark rides in Fantasyland, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride has a bit of a reputation. As Disney works to update attractions to be more friendly to people of color, such as Splash Mountain, and to children, such as Snow White's Enchanted Wish, a lot of people are speculating that Mr. Toad could be next. Now, it should be noted that Mr. Toad was already removed from the Florida park and replaced with the Winnie the Pooh attraction that already exists in Anaheim, where the Country Bears used to be. A lot of people are dead set against the attraction going away because tradition, I guess? Like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride... Oh! You know what? I have not mentioned the chief complaint. Oh, yeah. So there's a section of the ride where you end up in hell. Full on hot red swarming with demons. Hell. Anyway, I'm torn on the issue. If they replaced it with a truly timeless Disney attraction, I'd be okay with it. But if they continue their quest for temporary synergy with whatever new film is, is debuting at the time, I'm less keen on the idea. Hmm. But what does that have to do, I wonder, with Capgras Delusion, uh, which is a disorder wherein you become convinced that one or more of your loved ones has been replaced by a perfect duplicate. Oh. Uh, see, because what happens is the brain has two, two sort of modules that handle the recognition of people that you know. One is, is the frontal lobe, which does sort of... Uh, an intellectual acknowledgement that you know this person. It says, you know, that's Judy. 
The other one is based in the limbic system. It's a more affective recognition that says, oh, that's Judy, comma, my wife. And what happens is if those two parts of the brain can't talk to each other anymore, as sometimes happens in uh, schizophrenia or certain kinds of dementia or brain injury, then what happens is intellectually you see someone, but you have no emotional reaction to them. So you say, that looks exactly like Judy, but it can't be. This is truly heartbreaking stuff. My my grandmother, who uh, had hypoxic dementia, um, suffered with this. And nothing, nothing rips your guts out like this. I'm telling you, it's terrible. It's, it's a bizarre disorder. And because it is relatively rare and there's not a whole lot that psychiatric medicine can do about it, uh, there's not really an effective treatment for it. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, sometimes people are just going to think you're an imposter. But here's the thing. Here's how I think it might connect to Mr. Toad's wild ride. Okay, I'm dying to hear this. You're thinking, what if they replace it with a completely different ride? But I'm saying, what if they replace it with the exact same ride? Yeah, but what if they already have? What Hmm. if all of Disneyland... has been replaced over time with the exact same rides and and only a you know a select few among us can can even be able to point that out now why though why why are they doing this because well, i mean i'll take it for granted that they are sure that makes perfect sense but why you know you know just to to keep things fresh every once in a while you have to replace everything in, and restore it back to pristine condition. And Disney has been really big on the maintenance and care of their attractions. Maybe maybe what they do when they shut an attraction down for a month or two is they're just completely replacing the attraction. This actually, you're an expert on all things Disney. Um, perhaps you can answer this question for me that I've, I've, sure. uh, I've wondered about for a while. The Hall of Presidents. Every time there's a new president, they add the president, right? So I am an expert at all things Disneyland. The Hall of Presidents is in Walt Disney World or one of the, you know, tertiary parks over there. I, uh, I'm not an expert on those parks, but, but yes, that is the case. So then does the attraction get bigger? Because, I mean, we've had like... I don't know, six or seven presidents since Disney World opened. Yeah, I don't I don't know that it gets bigger. I, I, I really don't know enough about the attraction, honestly, to give you an answer to these questions, because it's not in Disneyland. In Disneyland, there's only one president that matters. Abraham Lincoln. Well, if you were going to have an animatronic of just one president, he is the one you would pick for sure. And he's the first one that Walt uh, built. Yeah. And Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln is a classic attraction. Uh, and it's it, it, it's really what proved that the animatronic technology could be what it eventually became. Um, because I remember when I was a kid, the first time I sat down to watch Mr. Lincoln, who, as I think about it, may have been replaced with a perfect copy of Mr. Lincoln. Anyway, I remember getting confused about whether or not I was actually watching a person. Hmm. Because he's pretty lifelike, that animatronic. I mean, my adult eyes 
are easily able to spot that it's you know you, you can clock that but but a younger gene was a little uh, a little more credulous so this I think is a concern is if if they replace our rides with identical rides does it matter well I don't think it does necessarily unless they replace it with the inevitable evil version of the ride. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, all those rides are... Hmm? Oh, go ahead. They are not. They're not. They're just a form of entertainment. Come on. Anyway, uh, and that's when you get things like uh, Big Thunder Mountain, you know, killing people. I don't know. I heard that a kid got decapitated in the Haunted Mansion last year. My cousin works at Disneyland, and he said that he saw the whole thing. That didn't happen. That's not true. I don't know. I mean, my cousin's best friend works at Disneyland, and he said that he saw the whole thing. Yeah, a friend of a friend works at Disneyland and said he saw the whole thing. Right. Okay. You know, it's pretty well documented the deaths that have happened at Disneyland, and most of them have actually been, um, you know, the fault of the guests who were who were the, who were mis- misbehaving or. Um, doing something stupid like walking into the park along the monorail tracks that a monorail runs on. And then uh, in a couple of cases, there were some really tragic events, uh, particularly during the Pressler era, when uh, park maintenance was kind of slashed to a minimum because he was a real Reagan type guy. He was all about austerity. And, uh, you know, then... Then you had things like uh, cleats coming free when tugged by uh, by boats that hit someone in the head and kill them, or brake failures on roller coasters that end up killing people. But for the most part, you know, it's been people sneaking into the park, uh, people trying to swim in the rivers of America where there are there is mechanical equipment underneath there that you you can get trapped, you can drown. Well, you know, I heard that uh, if you die in the Haunted Mansion, your ghost becomes part of the attraction. Becomes ghost number a thousand. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. They actually have a problem. Lots of people who uh, go to the Haunted Mansion uh, dump the ashes of their loved ones into the mansion. And uh, they, you know, it's kind of a biohazard, so they have to vacuum all that up. Yeah, that's nasty. It's like, okay, I get that you feel like you have a special connection to Disneyland. Millions of people every year feel like they have a special connection to Disneyland. You are not entitled to dump human remains anywhere in the park. (laughs) Right. Besides, if you're going to dump your remains in Disneyland, dump it on something like Splash Mountain, where you just get to ride Splash Mountain indefinitely. Oh, totally. Although, Although that was kind of a racist... It was connected to a very racist film. So what? It, I didn't know Splash Mountain was connected to a film at all. Oh yeah, it was connected to Song of the South. Oh well, zippity doo dah. You learned something. Yeah, the new often decried Disney film that featured Uncle Remus stories, and uh, yeah, was replete with lots of epithets for people of color. That's why they've been updating it. They're going to update it to a uh, to a Princess and the Frog themed attraction now. Wow, we're just turning this into a Disneyland. I'm turning this into a Disneyland podcast because I got started down this road. 
But it's like I, it's like it's like Gene Person has been replaced with an exact copy of Gene Person. But I know what happens when I start you talking about Disneyland. If I if we start talking about Disneyland or roller coasters, then mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a forty five minute conversation, and I'm here for it. I'm absorbing your your wisdom because even though you're not the real Gene, I mean, mm-hmm. I still feel a connection to you. I feel a connection to you too, buddy. All right, that. I think we've gone as far down this road as we need to go. I, I want to stop myself before, <laughs> before let's this talk is about all something else. Anything else. Disney is podcast. Yeah. Let's go on to breaking news. A 41 year old Minnesota woman uh, was cooking herself some delicious maple syrup. When the wind picked up and the fire she was using to cook the syrup spread to the nearby field and into a swamp. She tried to extinguish the blaze with a garden hose, but was unable to do so. Eventually, firefighters were able to get the conflagration under control. The woman was ticketed for open fire during a burn ban. So on the one hand, she has to kick the state a few hundred dollars. On the other hand, her breakfast is going to be complete. I wonder if we did kind of a mind map, just how many crimes we can connect to maple syrup. Because the uh, show is up to two now, and there have to be more. Like, when do we get to maple syrup murder? Watch this space, Tims. Incidentally, there was one bystander who was uh, interviewed regarding the uh, the fire that spread to the field and the swamp, who was uh, quoted as saying, I'm an ogre. Shrek. <laughs> so if you're a fan of the uh, more conservative end of the news media, you might have heard this story. You will not have seen it on CNN because uh, I looked for it, couldn't find it, uh, because it involves a CNN employee. Charlie Chester, a technical director for CNN, uh, got caught on camera uh, bragging that the network pushed anti-Trump propaganda, which was his word, uh, not mine. And also, uh, he said that they tried their best to make Joe Biden seem very healthy and vital. You know, pictures of him jogging or with his aviators. Now, this part... This is not news because we all kind of knew that that was the angle that they were going to take in both cases. Mm-hmm. The news part of this is that this this chump, Charlie Chester, was taken in by James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. And depending on how online you are and how plugged in with political media, you might know that uh, Project Veritas is a collection of absolute buffoons mm-hmm. and... James O'Keefe is the Keebler elf who only knows how to make the saltines. Right. (laughs) Now, these people are people that embarrass themselves on camera with a frequency and intensity that would make Sasha Baron Cohen flee in terror. And if they can get over on you, you should be remanded to the custody of a responsible family member because you can't be trusted to take care of yourself. What had happened was this guy, Charlie Chester, he he met a woman on Tinder and this woman was seeking him out because she was a spy for Project Veritas and they wanted to try and get somebody in the news media and some kind of gotcha because that's their whole shtick. They went on five dates before she's the one who finally said, all right, let's wrap this up. So five dates he goes on with this woman never notices that she has a hidden camera 
I don't know if it was always just kind of in the same place in these public locations, in these bars, but I feel like after five dates, if you don't know that your date has a hidden camera, you're not a closer. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if he's strictly lights off or just saving himself for marriage, but either way, this is a real kick in the nuts for the guy. I feel bad for him because he's an absolute rube. Uh, Charlie Chester, I assume you're listening to this show right now. Don't let this sour you on love, but please be careful because you are as guileless as a veal calf. You are (laughs) defenseless in the outside world. And I fear for your safety. So if you have, if you meet a woman in the future and you worry that she might be some kind of secret agent, just call our voicemail number. Give us a number to call back. I'll talk you through it Mm -hmm. and uh, I'll I'll try and keep you safe. And please, for the, for the love of God, don't date any Russians. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to to take that as a piece of advice, but uh, no, I shouldn't say that there's undoubtedly, there's a lot of uh, attractive and I, I shouldn't blanket people like that. I just, I just felt like this guy is ripe for a Maria Butina. Yeah, I mean, he could, uh, he's probably right now trying to uh, figure out how to get his bank to uh, send a bunch of money to Nigeria. Right, right. You know, they say there's a Charlie Chester born every minute. <laughs> and two to take him. I think, I think it was... Two uh, to take him to dinner, but not, not take him home. I think it was P.T. Barnum who said that. All right, uh, as you know, every week... Our investigative team uncovers a detailed and harrowing story on food crime. This week, Greg Person has the story. You know, I'm honestly surprised that it took me this long to get around to this one, given how ubiquitous it is and how much I hate it. I want to talk to you all about edible gold. Now, edible gold, I'm sure you're familiar with it. You've seen it on TV and on food blogs. It's just gold leaf that you put on food you're about to eat just to make it more expensive so that you and everyone else in the dining room knows that you're eating something that costs more than it should. It, it adds no flavor and of course has no nutritional value. So all you're doing is bedazzling your turds. Uh, It's strictly for the shallowest dummies with the worst priorities. So of course it's more popular than ever. And I just want to say to you all, listen, I know it's fun to pretend to be an Instagram influencer because real life sucks. Nobody wants to like have a real job and eat normal food and wear normal clothes that they got at Payless, you know, so you want to pay that extra money when you go to the fancy restaurant to live like a fancy person. But this is stupid. And in fact, if you really want to have that luxury experience with your foods, you can just get a bunch of glitter at the dollar store and just chuck that in there. And then you'll have even sparklier poops for basically no money. Yeah, don't waste a precious resource, particularly one that comes from a lot of environs that are already sort of struggling and dealing with, you know, colonialism and and whatnot. Um If you really want to live high on the hog, put your money where your mouth is and order 
the giant caviar scramble or whatever it was called. Which also included edible gold, if I remember correctly. Oh, of course. Of course well, it did. Yeah, of course. You, you can't make an omelet cost $5,000 without gold. <laughs> but well, sprinkling blood diamonds on your ice cream still fine. It's delicious. Yeah, yeah, we're good with that. Go for it. Folks, it's the emotional weather. Uh, this week we've opted to do fishy, wishy, and commishy. This motherfucker told me that the third weather item was commishy, and I was like, <laughs> what is commishy? I was I was on the other side of being offended. I was like, what are you doing? What is this? I just it was, it was a notion that came into my head and I I, I just decided that that sounded funny to me. So commishy is anything related to Michael Chiklis and the, you know, the commission of TV fame or the commission of crimes or the commission of artworks, uh, the, you know, or a commission, the creation of a commission. I think we got some, we got some good stuff out of it and you've added the word commishy to the vocabulary. So yeah, yeah. Kudos. I'm a wordsmith. I'm I'm a wordsmithy. Nope, you're you're skating very close to the line again. Be careful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, my fishy story. There's an Asian fish called the arowana that is endangered, but coveted among exotic fish collectors. The black market for arowana is huge, and a recent bust found that a young man in Orange County who was pulled over was smuggling several of them. Arowana specimens in prime condition can fetch as much as, and I'm not kidding here, $300,000 on the black market. This opened up a giant rabbit hole for me and I fell down hard, complete with the history of laws governing fish trade and plastic surgery for arowana fish. It's a real thing. I could get into a lot more detail, but arowana. You know, uh, down here in Southern Oregon, we cultivate a lot of arowana. In <laughs> fact, uh, yeah, they just legalized arowana here. A yeah, few years ago. The thing is, is you know, you might get three hundred thousand dollars for arowana in some other states. You are not getting it here, man. You're getting arowana is like four dollars a gram now. Right, right, and people do buy arowana by the gram, and then they put it on the gram. <laughs> They're like, look at this expensive ass fish. All right, well, for my fishy story, as a former omnivore who's now riding the Meatless Express, uh, I'm not 100% vegan because I do still uh, dip my toes in the waters of traditional dairy products sometimes. Uh, but I am always on the lookout for tasty vegan alternatives to the kinds of foods I used to enjoy. Uh, I'm particularly fond of the Gardein family of products. I think they make some of the best meat substitutes in the business. And I just discovered the other day that they have some fishless fillets um, that uh, I haven't gone grocery shopping yet. I'm going to go pick some up this weekend, but they look legit. So I'm really excited to try them uh, because I've tried their their sausage and their breakfast bowls and all this kind of thing. And I was very impressed. So, folks, if you ever thought about eating a fish made of plants, you can do that now. Thanks to Gardein. Yeah, and it's not named McPlant, so they've got that going for them. Right. They just call them fishless fillets because it makes you think of fish instead of calling it a plant patty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. 
All right, my wishy story. We're all familiar with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, in which kids facing some of the most difficult diseases are granted wishes. I learned something interesting today, though. Roughly 80% of the kids in the program go on to beat their illnesses and lead healthy lives. Such is, uh, such is it with the case of 10-year-old Nyla Evans, who had been battling leukemia since she was six. Nyla is now in remission, and to celebrate, her parents bought her a dog. I figure we could use some solid, upbeat, positive news on this show tonight. According to the source, to my sources, the dog is also cancer-free. This made me really happy because I think, like everybody, I assume that by the time they call the Make-A-Wish people, like, it's pretty much this is going to be the last thing you're going to get. Yeah, so that was under that impression, too. Although, it's funny that I was because one of my close friends growing up um, was a Make-A-Wish kid who had childhood leukemia, and he survived. Hmm. Well, so the next time I see a commercial for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, I'll be like, ah, they'll probably be fine. Well, no, that's... <laughs> Part of the messaging behind this is that it is this swell of... this groundswell of positivity, this wish fulfillment that helps put them in the positive state of mind that helps them to, to beat these diseases in a lot of cases. Well, in any case, that was the happiest news I've gotten all day. So thank you for sharing it with the group today. Yeah, no problem. By the group, I mean me and also our audience. I don't think that there is a, a very high rate of success in kids who suffer from catching these hands. Oh, no. If a kid catches these hands, he is done for. Yeah. But, you know, it's pretty much his own fault. Now, for my wishy... I want to uh, let everybody know Ramadan started this week. So I just wanted to wish all our Muslim friends and Tims out there Ramadan Mubarak and remind you to be safe when gathering, uh, whether you're in your family uh, or if you're thinking about going to mosque, maybe skip it. It's probably fine. And also want to let you know, I looked this up um, and the... uh, the COVID vaccines, all of them are 100% halal, so go to town. Yeah. And um, if you take it now, you will be all immunized in time for Eid, so get cracking. All right, my commission story. In 1900, 121 years ago, Queen Victoria commissioned a box of chocolates. Well, that chocolate has been found in its original packaging in a Boer War helmet case in Norfolk. Cadbury, Fry, and Round Trees had manufactured batches of chocolates in the Second Boer War to boost morale in England's quest to impose their wills on a sovereign people, in this case, their desire for gold and pretty diamonds that the people of South Africa couldn't use in any way. Anyway, the tin has her royal inbred visage stamped on the top, so history. Now, Queen Victoria, didn't her husband just die? <laughs> That's very funny. I thought so. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. But you know, if they hadn't fought the Boer War, how are they going to get gold to put on their truffles and ice creams? Right, which is really important. For my commission story, I wanted to uh, talk to you about the latest blue ribbon commission commissioned by President. You know the thing. Uh, he has uh, called for a commission to study the question of court reform for 180 days. But the thing is, they're not allowed to make policy recommendations. And Mm. 
half of the people on it are arch conservatives from the Federalist Society. So he puts them on there to be bipartisan so they can spend the whole 180 days arguing about what Thomas Jefferson would like to see in the modern court system. Mm -hmm. And so you can be sure that the promise that nothing will fundamentally change is going to remain intact on this one. Yeah. And, you know, this is happening because Democrats always need that excuse not to do anything. And the parliamentarian excuse was only going to use it was only going to work once. So they pulled it out when they needed it. But if anyone says the word parliamentarian to me again, they are going to catch these hands. So Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see what they come up with next to avoid having to come up with something. All right, folks, it's sports. All right, sports. I want to talk to you about catfish noodling. Uh, You've probably heard of this if you're an Internet weirdo like me. How it works is you and a buddy go down to a fishing hole. Uh, You find a hole that you hope contains a flathead catfish. Uh, The average weight of these guys is about 40 pounds, which for our British listeners is 0.8 of a Darius. Uh, You stick your arm in that hole and you hope that it's a... Oh, did that one just land? The Darius? Yeah, it's pretty pretty good. Uh, Well, you stick your arm down in this catfish hole and you hope that there is actually a catfish in there and not a gator or a snake or a snapping turtle. And then... Your buddy that you went to the fishing hole with, and you do want to go with a buddy because this is a team sport, uh, because you've got now got to get this 40-pound fish out of the water before he drowns you. So you've probably seen YouTube videos of this or read articles about it and thought it was some dumb hillbilly shit, which, to be clear, it absolutely is. But it's also a dangerous and noble contest between man and beast in which the outcome is far from certain. People do get injured and die doing this. Yeah, and I've been led to believe that that thing that you're after is actually just a 400-pound guy hiding behind the anonymity of the internet. And then Nev jumps out from behind a tree and shoves a microphone in your face, and he's like, what are you feeling right now? <laughs> right. So yeah, this is uh, this is catfishing on hard mode for sure. Yeah. And uh, that's why it's illegal... In all the regular states, Uh, it's only legal in the Southeast where all the bad ideas are legal. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So if you do find yourself in uh, Alabama or, you know, Louisiana, what have you, and you want to catch a really big fish in a really unwise way, try catfish noodling. Excellent. All right. It's time for the podcast shopping network. Our as seen on TV product this week. The potty putter. So you've taken my advice and bought yourself a Euro club. Now your golf game is, well, pretty much the same, but you're no longer have to walk a few yards to find a tree when nature calls. But, and but is the word, what happens when nature calls from around the corner where fudge is made? Fret not, sportsman. We have a solution. It's the potty putter. A small green carpet complete with a putter balls and a little plastic golf hole it even has its own pin and it includes a cute do not disturb sign to hang on the bathroom door so everyone knows your dedication to the game you game me again you game me again on my own podcast (laughs) every poop is guaranteed to be a hole in one the green sits at the base of your toilet the putter is modified to be the perfect height 
for putting while you're voiding your bowels. And this thing is in no way going to get soaked with urine and be crawling with bacteria on the inside of a week. Potty Putter retails for $14.99 and is still available for purchase. This is... I think this is the stupidest one that you've brought on the show because I don't care how much you love golf. Mm -hmm. I don't... You're not going to want to play a little golf game on the toilet. You might play a golf game on your phone on the toilet. Sure. But like, there's a difference between playing a game on the toilet and playing a sport on the toilet. Nobody's... Well, with the notable exception of outhouse racing. Yes. Well, I mean, we all love that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's assumed that you're not actually trying to go to the bathroom while the outhouse is, you know, zooming down the slalom. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But um, it's, I just, I can't imagine there is a single human being on this earth who is like, yeah, you know, I really, I wish that all the time I spent in the bathroom, I could be pretending to play golf on my bath mat. Right. No, it's not pretending to play golf. You are honing your short game. Is John still in the bathroom? Oh, yeah, he's honing his short game. Is that what they're calling it? (laughs) I was going to make a really gross joke, and I'm just going to move on with my life. Okay, well, that's fine. Let's move on from Potty Putter and into State Up. This week, the next in line is Delaware. Greg, would you like to lead us off? Sure. Well, did you know that Delaware is named after Touched by an Angel star Della Reese, who won the right to name it by solving an ancient riddle. <laughs> I did not know that, but I had heard a, a contrary fact. That's interesting. Delaware was founded when hardware company Dell and software company Adaware decided to join forces and create a corporate Shangri-La. Speaking of corporate Shangri-Las, did you know that Delaware is the only state that issues credit cards to babies as they leave the hospital? I didn't. That's very interesting. Delaware gets a lot of flack for its size, but it is the largest state in the union that starts with the letter D. And speaking of things starting with D, the capital city of Dover is actually named after Ben Dover, a raunchy morning zoo DJ from colonial times. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Delaware's state flag is remarkably the only state flag designed for and by children. Is that a dog on there? Is it a cow? Who knows? I see the corn and boats are really neat. Great job, kids. I am looking up the Delaware state flag right now because I'm very intrigued. And that literally looks like a child did it. It does. That is a child's drawing of just some stuff. Yeah. Like, there's some guys, there's a boat on there, there's a horse or a bear or a dog or some damn thing. Yeah. That rules. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our final segment tonight, as every week, is Person to Person in Person, where we share your valuable feedback with our audience. Unfortunately, no new emails from our Tims, although uh, Gil Person would like to point out that we have no trouble pronouncing the word gin for some reason. Why would we have any trouble pronouncing gin? Gil, I love you, but you're downright silly sometimes. I mean, you wouldn't call it gin. That's a stupid name. Right. It's, it's gin. 
you know, you rub the bottle and, and the gin grants your wish. We'd still love to get a voicemail from our listeners, and the deal stands a haiku and a limerick on the subject of your choice. Folks, that's all the show we have for you tonight. Send us an email at personandpersonshow at gmail.com. Drop us a voicemail, 541-249-5933. Find us on Twitter, at AnchorPersons. And until next time, this is Gene Person saying you should always end a comedy set with a callback. And this is Greg Person saying... You just lost the game. Good night. You son of a... Hey, Tims, it's your favorite, Gene. I just uh, wanted to, to come on here and, and apologize for those of you that are playing the game uh, about this episode, not to make you lose again. For those of you who aren't familiar, you can always look it up. It's the Internet Mind Game or whatever they call it, and uh, it's been around forever. Greg and I have been playing forever. Don't look it up if you don't want to be playing, because otherwise you're just going to lose constantly it's just the way of things uh so anyway i just wanted to say i'm sorry i'm very deeply sincerely sorry i'm also very deeply not sorry but i am very deeply sorry